0: Hello everyone! Quick disclaimer for this episode. This episode is going to contain mentions of child abuse, child sexual abuse, murder, violence and many other things that will be very very disturbing in this first part. So you have been warned if you find this offensive, disturbing, whatever in the slightest, you can skip this episode and maybe the next one next week. Because this is a two part of bitches! just started a new recording because i just realized that i did not have anything turned on on like the act like in terms like mics and desktop on recording (laughs) i had it all muted because you know I'm, i'm just so professional
1: yes very very professional and smart
0: exactly exactly see we get it I've literally, for this one, I've honestly put on Ratatouille. I've made myself a hot chocolate just so I can comfort myself during this
1: shit show. Weird choice, Ratatouille. It's a great film, don't get me wrong, but to calm someone down, eh, I guess the Paris vibes and everything makes it kind of nice.
0: It was the first thing I saw when I clicked on Disney+, Plus and I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Because I was like, what was I watching yesterday? I was watching Moana yesterday. Because I read that.
1: Never seen
0: it. I like Moana. It, it, it's pretty good. And I always get really giddy when it's like the rocks turn to sing. So I'm like, yes, I know this song.
1: Oh, yes, that song. <laughs>
0: exactly. exactly. The
1: memes, the memes.
0: The memes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pronounce so many of these cities wrong. And villages. I'll them.
1: If I can do, they, I'm like,
0: not but... Yeah, like I'm not gonna get a lot of this right because, like, I I tried to doing this once and I had to keep I kept stuttering and pausing. Also, one of my ears is kind of like sore right now. Like one of my stretched ears. It's not fun. Oh dear. I don't know what I'm... happened to it. This one, to be fair, it's the one that's always have always had issues with. This like I've, it's the one that I accidentally split years ago
1: am i supposed to be crying right now or something
0: no nah, that should really be me
1: <laughs> oh, i'm just no not having
0: no. looks with my i'm not, just not having a good i'm not i'm just not having any good luck with my body modifications today my i've cut my lip right at my piercing so that fucking hurts and now i've like done something to my right lobe oh no oh no this is my own doing
1: you'll be fine
0: i'll be fine yeah so do you know about this guy a good friend that we're talking about today,
1: what's his name again,
0: Andre Chikatilo?
1: um no idea. I know the name Andre, but not the last name.
0: Yeah, like whenever I hear his last name, I instantly get the um, do you remember the show Tickabilla from like, yes. yeah, so that theme song where it's like Tickabilla, it gets stuck in my head, but I'm always what? like Chikatilo, Chikatilo. I don't know why. I think it's because it sounds
1: similar oh come on you didn't see BB's dirty dirty
0: sorry see babies
1: comparing the team <laughs>
0: wow
1: all right then no um uh, last name hold that in. in my mind i assume this guy's got some mexican You'd... ancestry or something
0: uh no he's actually from the ukraine
1: so he's a uh. so it's a
0: soviet serial killer
1: Oh, so it must be its a Soviet name. Ooh, kind yeah. a bit Mexican to me.
0: Yeah, so his full name is Andrei Romovich Chikatilo.
1: Okay, the Romovich sounds, kind of sounds like a... that.
0: Yeah. He's also... I've already done the disclaimer, so I'm not adding any more of that, but to anyone who's new here, welcome back to True Crime Friday. Uh, I'm I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and this is where you say your name, dude.
1: Oh yeah, I'm here. Hi everyone. <laughs> My name's Matthew. I'm I'm here to to say stuff. Or so I've been told.
0: We kinda of just I tell you this stuff and you kind of react to it and we discuss it and see how we do. Because this one's pretty fucking weird.
1: Apparently. This But one... you know those Ukrainians.
0: Hmm.
1: You know
0: what they're like? Uh, We've got to have a bit of sympathy for them right now.
1: (laughs) Yeah. This was a very fitting thing.
0: I did did not plan this. I said last week we were going to do this, Guy. I did not plan this. For for context, this will be coming out on Friday, but right now it is the 22nd of February 2022, a.k.a. the day Ukraine gets invaded by Russia. Yeah, and
1: also... For anyone else, um, like me, Hot Fuzz, you know the reference.
0: Yes, yes, I know the reference.
1: But But yes, we didn't plan. She obviously didn't plan this. There's just stuff going on and we've just... So happens this guy's Ukrainian, but this will be interesting because, from my point of view, he is the only Ukrainian serial killer I know of now you've mentioned it, so...
0: Yeah. Uh... He is a very popular one. Everyone kind of, a lot of people, kind of. Know, if you know about a lot of serial killers, you might have heard of this guy here or there. I first heard about him when I was listening to another podcast called "All Killer No Filler," one of my favorite podcasts, and they discussed it in like a fair few parts. Because, and we're this is going to be a two-parter, by the way, because this is, I've covered this case on Twitch, and it took pretty much over two hours to cover. And I know it's going to take longer in terms of a podcast, and as much as I'd love to give out a very, very long podcast episode, I don't think we would have the energy by, like, halfway through this. So we're going to do the early life, we're going to talk about his early crimes and his first murder, and then, we're go- and then next week you'll have the rest of the murders, the investigation and the capture and the aftermath of Andre Chikatilo. We're gonna do it that way because I can't. This guy is just a horrible, horrible person. Because <laughs> he's what a yeah, he's nicknamed the Butcher of Rostov.
1: I mean, nothing bad. I mean, that's not like a wow nickname, you know.
0: It's not really. He's all he's got. He's got a few. He's mostly known as the Butcher of Rostov, uh, the Red Ripper, and the Rostov Ripper. I, I prefer the Butcher of Rostov kind of just yeah yeah it's that where he's
1: from then that wherever that places
0: yeah yeah that's where that's pretty much where he's from that's where he it's not where he's from it's where he does all the crimes really ah so
1: okay
0: the whole so andrew cicatillo he sexually assaulted murdered and mutilated at least 52 women and children in between the years of 1978 and 1990 so he did this for a long while yeah
1: it's a long time but that's that's a lot 52
0: Ooh. yeah he confessed to 56 murders but he was tried for around 53 of them in april 1992 and his methods and motivations are pretty much in my eyes the stereotypical look of a serial killer like he is like when you look when you look at a picture of him you go yeah you you definitely are because he just has that stereotypical look of fucking crazy
1: Mm-hmm. So he confessed. So when it, like he confessed to fifty six, but they only did him for what you say fifty three.
0: It will be like lack. It will be like lack of evidence or nobody. Yeah. Like, Does you, that you,
1: mean that they can't pin it? But
0: they can't pin it. But the they they're not. They they kind. Of, they think that he's definitely done that many. But obviously they can't put it like legally.
1: That must be a bit worrying when the serial killer says they've done this much, but they can't pin him for that many he said
0: yeah i mean dennis nielsen's one of them he said he did 15 he said he did about 15 or 16 and they only managed to get i think it was about eight or seven seven or eight so yeah i mean
1: it's impressive the fact that he did about 52 or you know 56 he said but he's remembered how much he's actually done you know
0: Yeah, and there's also been other serial killers after him who have tried to beat his number. Like, that was their goal, is to beat Andre Cicatillo's kill number. Man,
1: with that incentive, people keep going and going, and that's not what we want.
0: Nope, not really. So, we're going to start with his early life. So, he was born, Andre Cicatillo was born on the 16th of October 1936, This is where I'm gonna fuck up in the village of Jabulchni. Jabulchni, Jabulchni. I'm gonna, I'm gonna guess so.
1: Put on an accent; it'll
0: make it much better. I'm trying to see if that's actually like, if it rolls off the tongue better. Would do like that. It it doesn't. Did you
1: not Google Translate? Press the sound button to hear how it's said.
0: Give it a go. Uh... Not
1: that anyone from this, if you are from this town or village, or city i'm not sure and you're listening to this we do apologize but someone could be listening and be like oh no
0: yeah uh i'm not good i'm not good with like english sounding names so um let's see okay i'm gonna do that for anyone that i get really stuck with it's gonna happen a lot so in the village of Yabloni in a Sumy Oblast of the Ukraine, so around the time of his birth, Ukraine, oh, the Ukraine. I'm so sorry, guys, but you've been for a lot of fucking shit. Clearly, Ukraine was in the, is in the like middle of, of a famine caused by Joseph Stalin's forced collectivization of agriculture at the time. So they've not had they they pretty much always just getting shit on, really, aren't they? Uh, well. Wow. You- yeah. Yeah. So That's an understatement. Yeah. So his parents were both collective farm laborers who lived in a one who lived in a one room hut. Uh, they received no wages for their work, but instead received the right to cultivate a plot of land behind behind the family hut. So, I guess that meant something. Hmm. Yeah. So they had some kind of sufficient food because they had like a little farm. Chichillo himself did say that he's that he didn't eat bread until he was about twelve years old, so he didn't know what bread tasted like until he was twelve. as someone who eats a lot of toast. I can't imagine that.
1: That's quite bad. It is I mean, quite bad. What you expect in a famine, but you know it. I mean, it's not entirely surprising at that time if you're under the rule of Joseph and Stalin and communism, which doesn't work. For anyone that thinks it does, it doesn't. um it i guess anyone who lives in ukraine then just having a famine and being under that rule and like being that sparse to not have something that we take for granted now as bread is a very scary thought i'm very poor poor that i get to live like that but oh well
0: yeah so he said that they basically him and his family just often had to eat grass and leaves as a way to stave away the hunger. Like, that's pretty much what they had to do. And throughout his childhood, Chikatilo was told by his mother, Anna, that before he was born, he had an older brother named Stefan, who at the age of four had been kidnapped and cannibalised by starving neighbours. Although this was never... Apparently, this was never proven that this actually happened, or even if Stefan really existed. But, even if Stefan didn't exist, this was a very common rumour that used to go around at the time. So, people, like, mostly parents would tell the kids. uh, If you, you can tell if so, you can tell that someone in the village is a cannibal by the fact that they looked healthy and well fed because at the time no one really was healthy or well fed so he they just if you saw someone that was healthy you'd be like oh they're a cannibal so he probably thought this was actually true because that was a rumor at the time i don't see it being too far-fetched i can actually see that being a thing out of like people being desperate
1: well if all you know is not having much food you believe anything you know because oh, yeah. you're not going to chance to see anywhere else to know that what you're being told is probably a lie but well i like to think so
0: yeah so he said that his childhood was pretty much blighted by poverty ridicule hunger and war i mean yeah that's basically yeah is that right uh when the soviet union entered the second world war chico's father roman was conscripted into the red army he would later be taken prisoner after being wounded in combat uh, between the ni- age between the years 1941 and 1944, Chikatilo witnessed some of the effects that the Nazi o- witnessed some of the effects of the Nazi occupa- occupation of Ukraine, which he described as horrors. Adding, he witnessed bombings, fires, and shootings from which he and his mother would hide in cellars and ditches. Uh, on one occasion, they had to watch their own hut burn to the ground and because his father was at war Chikatilo and his mother shared a single bed and he was a chronic bedwetter, which I'm not really surprised because of all this trauma uh, but his mum used to basically, well his mum was in the same bed as him but she used to berate and beat him every single time he wet the bed which actually which ba- basically if no one's aware of some basic forms of psychology that makes it worse and it makes it go- and it makes the bed wetting go on a lot longer, it doesn't it don't help it makes it a lot worse Mm -hmm. In 1943 his mother actually gave birth to a baby girl named Tatiana. Now his father is obviously being his his father got conscripted in 1941 so he couldn't have been Tatiana's dad. Now very very sad thing is that many Ukrainian women were often raped by German soldiers during the war and it has been speculated that Tatiana was conceived as a result of a rape committed by a German soldier. uh, Which Probably did happen, and because law and his mum lived in a one-room hut, this may have happened directly in front of him, which is gonna fuck you up.
1: Probably. No, there were, I mean, there's probably no way that he. I mean, he's got no choice to run away. I yeah. mean, they have come in the house, and well, like probably with most other families, the Germans come in the house, point the guns at you. You have to watch it. They do what they want they've got the power, if he ran away he would probably, probably just shoot him on the spot or they'd take him away and imprison him somewhere else so, more than likely he saw that happen, while there's all these other people watching around laughing and poor families are just having their whole entire life ripped apart but...
0: yeah. so, in September 1944, he started going to school he was very shy and studious as a child, he was physically weak and regularly attended school in homespun clothing, I mean, yeah like, y- yeah, about right. But he used to get bullied for this. Like, I'm pretty sure he's not the only kid in the entire school that's having to. That it's insanely poor at this point, so the bullying makes no fucking sense. But kids are dicks. Uh, by mm-hmm. naive, yeah, like, kids are just dicks. Like, like kids who can who will also be poor. Like, I saw this in my school all the time. Kids who would be also poor would take the piss out of the other poor kids, and it's like, why?
1: I it's that sense of people who have experienced the problems then take out their no- anger for the problems they have on others and I guess it's just you, you know you, you've, you've got to deal with what you've got to and then they just give it to the other people who may be in the same situation but they mm. you know when you've got such frustration and all this sadness because you don't have what everyone else does you take it out on the same people as you do
0: yeah yeah i guess so by 1946 his stomach was really swollen from hunger resulting from the post-war famine uh on several occasions this hunger caused chikatilo to faint both at home and at school and he was massively targeted by the bullies they regularly mocked him over his physical stature and timid nature at home chikatilo and his sister tatiana were constantly berated by their mother Tatiana later recalled that, in spite of the hardships endured by the, her parents, her father was a their father was apparently a kind man, whereas their mother was harsh and unforgiving towards her children. So apparently, the mum was a bitch. But I always hear this with serial killer things: the mum's always apparently a bitch.
1: I mean, this is Eastern Europe.
0: This is probably true at this point, especially with, like all the shits going
1: on. I mean, a lot of Eastern European women are very strong, independent got that strong sort of like stereotype nature, you know, like Ukraine, Poland, that sort of area, they've got that stereotype, so I'd believe that. Yeah. Compared to over here. I'm not saying like but like during that time, especially in Britain, women were not seen as anyone of like stronger nature than men. This is true. So I know from seeing stuff that these Eastern European women have tough shells, so wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the the women were like that to the family
0: yeah yeah that's pretty much yeah i guess so yeah Chick developed a passion for reading and memorizing data which is an interesting hobby and often studied at home both to increase his sense of self-worth and to compensate for his my myopia which often prevented him from reading in the classroom which often prevented him from reading the classroom blackboard To his teachers, Chikatilo was an excellent student upon whom they would regularly bestow praise and commendation. So by his teen years, Chikatilo was both a model student and an ardent communist. He was appointed editor of his school newspaper at the age of 14 and chairman of the People's Communist Party Committee, uh, which happened two years later. He was an avid reader of communist literature. He was also uh, delegated the task of organising street marches, all this kind of stuff. So he was very... You had a lot of shit going on, which always baffles me why, when they have a lot of shit going on and they're really good at quite a lot of stuff, baffles me on why they go on to be like, let's just go do a bunch of murder. Like, let's go do this.
1: I think when you have so many problems as a child, you either stick with that and you can't do anything good, but a lot of the times I see in stories like this where they'll have such a bad upbringing that They'll be really good in school because of maybe that hard upbringing, but then, from that hard upbringing, even though they are good, you know what they've had before that has led them to choose this evil path after their, I guess, school years of sudden greatness.
0: Me, yeah, yeah, that's actually quite true. So. Although uh, Chicharito claimed learning did not come easy to him due to headaches and poor memory, all this kind of stuff, he was the only student from his collective farm to complete the final year of his studies, and he graduated with, ex- with excellent grades in nineteen fifty four. On the onset of pu- at, the, at the onset of puberty, Chicharito discovered that he suffered from chronic impotence. Now, if you suffer from chronic impotence, like a lot of people go through it it happens it's something you can't really control but you can actually that something can be done about it it's not funny but it's only funny when it's aimed at these cunts
1: what is it though what is chronic impotence impotence in my eyes is stupidity right
0: no so impotence basically means that you can't you can't get an erection you can't like you struggle to finish you struggle to be like Basically anything like that. Like, you struggle to be sexual, I guess. Like, it just doesn't happen for you.
1: Yeah, I I knew it by the other name, not that.
0: Yeah, so... It's not, like, if you you go through it, there are ways, there are methods to sort this out, all this kind of stuff. Serial killers have it quite a fair bit, though. It's really weird. Men,
1: we get this. You
0: you get it, but...
1: fuck these cunts it's a weird recurring theme that they seem to have this
0: yeah yeah and it's normally like they discover that they can actually they that they can actually have sexual like lives but it's always through something disturbing ah like yeah so this made his made him really socially awkward and he made and it made him hate himself for a fair bit which i guess is this that's pretty normal he was shy at the company of women his first crush at the age of 17 had been a girl named Lilia. oh fucking nor uh What's the last
1: name eh um
0: barashiva barashiva uh with her he met her through his school newspaper now he was really nervous in a company and he never actually ended up talk- like, talking to her at all. But he remembers her name very well.
1: I feel you. I feel you,
0: dude. <laughs> the same year, he Jicicillo jumped on top of an 11-year-old friend of his younger sister and wrestled her to the ground. Now, because of the struggle, it caused him to get a little bit too excited and he actually ended up ejaculating as she was struggling.
1: So, oh, no! He has
0: now realised this is what he... Is into.
1: oh oh God! All, be- wow.
0: all believe me. This guy, this guy's entire sexual life is fucking baffling. Like me, just he
1: just went on. He, he just climbed onto someone, and that was enough to.
0: It was the fact that they were struggling. Like they were fighting to get out of the hold, and basically, yeah, And that that was it. He liked the struggle. Ah, okay. Uh, that, that, that's what he realised he was into. And he just basically just... yeah. He's... he's he, he gets worse. So, following his graduation, he applied for a scholarship at Moscow State University. Although he passed the entrance examination with good to excellent scores, his grades were not deemed good enough for acceptance. He thought that his scholarship application was rejected due to his father's tainted war record, but the truth was that other students had just performed better, which is, that's, that's just what happens, dude, that's just life. He didn't attempt to enrol at another university. Instead, he travelled to the city of Kursk, where he worked as a labourer for three months before, in 1955, enrolling in a vocational school with the aim of becoming a, commun- a communications technician same year he formed his first serious relationship with a local girl who was two years younger than him on three occasions they tried to have sex although on each occasion it just didn't happen like, he couldn't get an erection at all like obviously because he's imp- impotent but he's probably really confused because he's like wait i wrestled that one person and i managed to get off like why can't i do this when i want when i need it right now because you yeah. don't I
1: mean, all I could think of was the in-betweener scene with Simon.
0: It's Why basically
1: it like working? that. Is it? Okay.
0: It's kind of like that, but all the time.
1: It must be embarrassing, though, because I don't know what it was like at all, but like the other person must feel, I don't know, very embarrassed, and then just like, oh, I don't want this because it's not working.
0: Yeah, basically, because yeah, after 18 months she did actually end the relationship because of it. So...
1: Dan.
0: Sucks, dude. Uh, so after two years, so after two years, he completed his vocational training. He relocated to Ural's city of. that right, now, this one I'm gonna need to Google Translate
1: because this is just fucking ridiculous. It's in Russia because he's gone to Moscow or tried to go to Moscow for.
0: It's like you. It's basically it's like Ukraine. Okay, so this one. Right. Let's see. Let's see. So he goes to the city of Nizhny <inaudible> Tagil, OK, yeah. he went there to work on a long term construction project. Now, while living there, he also undertook correspondence, a correspondence course in engineering with the Moscow Electro- Electronical Institute of Communication. He worked with the Urals for about two years until he was drafted into the Soviet army in nineteen fifty seven. That's another thing that is common with these guns. They are always put into the army or some form of military.
1: Well, considering where he was born and where he is It's not really shocking. And considering the time period, you know. It's, it's always something
0: like, it's always something like even though even the ones that are like after that time, like Jeffrey Dahmer was put into the army as well. And he is after all this.
1: But um, maybe it's the idea that they'll better themselves once they, you know.
0: Yeah, his dad, Jeffrey Downing's dad genuinely thought that if he put his son in the army, he wouldn't be an alcoholic anymore.
1: It's like, I think that's just going to make it worse. Well, you know what they say in Britain, if you can fix a bike, join the Royal Navy.
0: Whenever I hear the word, whenever I hear about Carlisle, I immediately think of those adverts.
1: I was made in Carlisle, but I was born in the Royal Navy. Yeah,
0: every single time I was fixing
1: out I, six I was, When I was two years old, I was playing with Lego. At five, I rid a bike, and I took off all the wheels and I put them back together. At ten years old, I built this fighter jet. <laughs> Nuts, but yeah.
0: I was born in Problem. Carlisle, but I was raised in the Royal Navy.
1: Yes. I think it is just they think they might better themselves. Once you go in there, they... I don't know what they do in the army, but the sense of, like, becoming more stronger, tougher person and come out better, know they better themselves. Maybe.
0: Maybe. So he performed his compulsory military service between 1957 and 1960. He assigned first to serve with border guards in Central Asia, then to a KGB communications unit in East Berlin. Here, his work record was, um unblemished and he re- and he joined the communist party shortly before his military service ended in 1960. He completed his service and he returned to his native village to live with his parents and he soon met a young divorcée. Their three-month relationship ended after they couldn't have sex. <laughs>
1: oh. Come on.
0: Like he- this girl actually went and asked her friends for advice on how that she could help Chikatilo overcome, like, his whole impotence thing. So she was trying to help. She wanted to help him.
1: Yeah, I mean, ladies, is that what it's all about? If some, if a man can't do this, does that mean that the relationship's over? I, I'd like to know, because it's not the be end, all, is it? No,
0: it's not. But obviously, because she's told her friends, everyone found out, like, all of his friends found out that he was impotent, and... He actually says in an interview at one point girls were going behind my back whispering that i was impotent i was so ashamed i tried to hang myself my mother and some young neighbors pulled me out of the noose well i thought no one would want such a shamed man so i had to run away from there away from my homeland
1: i mean to be fair maybe because at that time there's more of a i ideology that you know you want to have a child so if you with someone who can't have a child and you can't continue on a family maybe that's very off-putting because i think nowadays people are fine with whatever way they live they don't really need that
0: yeah that is true like you, it's like a whole thing where it's like you need to have kids you need to do this you need to, you should be the man you should be able to make your dick hard
1: yeah i think because a lot of, obviously back then there's and what is it the start of the 60s
0: Around this point in the start of the 60s, yeah.
1: I mean, there's probably some foresight of, you know, all this new stuff that's going to happen and they've got signs for the future and they know it's going to be probably brighter so I think the idea of having a kid that will continue this family and go on to a better life was probably a big thought back then. And it's a big thought now but I could see why maybe some women were just like, nah, I want to have a child that I can mother and yeah. continue it on but not the BL end all dude hopefully as we've just been told by a woman so
0: so after several months he found a job as a communications engineer in a town located north of rostov he relocated to the russian sfsr in 1961 he rented a small apartment close to his workplace the same year his younger his younger sister finished school and moved into his apartment she lived with him for about six months but she got married after six months to a local boy and moved into her in law's home. She did say that um she noted nothing untoward with regard to her brother's lifestyle beyond his chronic shyness around women. And she was like, I wanna help my brother out. I don't like he's shy around women. I wanna help him out and find a wife so he can start a family. I mean she's his sister, she's not gonna know that he's impotent, is she? Unless she heard the rumours. But so in 1963, he actually got married to a woman named Fidocia... Now, this is a last name that I can't pronounce. Wait, I'm going to try it. Fidocia Odana Chiva. Odana Chiva? That's
1: not it for sure, but well.
0: I guess, uh, Odana Chiva. You, you can probably sound it out and realise what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, his younger sister introduced him to her... And according to him although he was attracted to her his marriage was pretty much just an arranged marriage and it pretty much happened within two weeks after they met and yeah it was just done by his sister and her husband so there wasn't really anything there so Chixie clearly claimed that his marital sex life was minimal and at, at best i'm not surprised uh, his wife did, un- actually did understand that he was unable to maintain an erection. And they planned and agreed to c- for her to get pregnant in a very weird way. So, he does actually end up having kids. And they are his kids. Okay. Uh, so, the way that they got her pregnant, he still couldn't get an erection, bear this in mind. So, if he could, he would finish, and he would put his semen on his fingers and push them inside of her.
1: Not where I thought it was going, but...
0: It worked. They had two
1: kids. Nice, so... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The the fingers did the work. Yeah. (laughs) Is there a term for that? Probably, but didn't yeah. think it'd go that way but hey if that's what he had to do he had to do
0: that's what he did and it worked they had a daughter in 1965 and a son in 1969
1: I, I mean that's one way to you know spice things up for the kids to be like you'll never guess how i was made
0: fingers wow <laughs> yeah i bet you weren't expecting that
1: no i wasn't but the fact that I know that that works is just... Is
0: it's the just, fact that it works, that works. yeah. It's bizarre.
1: So in 1964,
0: he enrolled as a correspondent student at Rostov University. He studied Russian literature and physiology. He obtained his degree in these subjects in 1970. Shortly before getting his degree, Chikatilo got a job managing regional sports activities and he had this job for about a year before starting his career as a teacher of Russian language and literature. And he was terrible as a teacher. Like he knew about the subjects and everything that he was teaching, but he was really bad at disciplining Anyone in his class. So he was... He was basically kind of like a supply teacher. Like, they know their stuff, but no one's really listening to them. No one's giving a shit. Uh,
1: They know it's a day they can mess about. Or they just mess about most days because they know he doesn't give a hoot.
0: I wouldn't mess with this guy because... In May 1973, he committed his first known sexual assault on one of his pupils. He's also a Uh, pedo.
1: I mean... You say discipline. I assume back then they could have hit children, right? Or um,
0: yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I think it was like mid. I mean, I don't know. What it was like in Ukraine, but I know in the UK, I think that stopped in like the late, in like mid nineteen seventies.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, maybe he was seen as a bad teacher because he was disciplining them only vocally, and it was probably more common for them to actually have punishment via some form of harm mm. but yes the other thing he did oh don't don't do that to pupils that's that's whoa bad
0: yeah so basically it does it does say what he did so he they're at a swimming lesson uh you know what your school's got like swimming lessons I i don't know why but i find it really i, I get it but i also find it really weird well, if a teacher gets in the fucking pool with you I mean, if it's
1: not a PE teacher and as a teacher of another subject, then that's way more concerning.
0: Yeah. So he, he was in the pool with these kids, and he swam towards a 15-year-old girl and groped her chest and genitals. And she tried to get away from him. And what happens if you struggle against Andre Chikatilo?
1: He... I have no idea. Wait, you said genitals? Sorry?
0: Yeah, yeah, he
1: groped her. Yeah. Ah, I... Was thought she had some bowels, but never mind
0: yeah so when you struggle to get when you try and get away from andrew Chikatilo, like you're struggling against him he gets a bit excited and he finished oh the, yeah he, he finished oh, in the ball. oh
1: no oh. Which pretty- <laughs> oh no no that's the worst nightmare for anyone please you can agree with me this if you're in the pool and something's in the pool that's not the clear water that must be horrible because you don't have that you know like when people are swimming in the ocean and they don't think about it but like there could be a shark there you know Mm. but they won't know that's on the level of that where people are swimming in that pool and they've got no idea oh that's bad
0: yeah so like months later he sexually assaulted another teenage girl who he locked in his classroom now, the school knew all about this. They were very much aware, but they didn't do shit. Like, he was even caught on several occasions playing with himself in front of students by other teachers, and they just didn't give a shit.
1: Oh, that's horrible. You know what that is? That's another case of some school just wanting to have a good reputation and shove all the bad stuff under the carpet. I can guarantee my school had nothing on that bad level but had some bad things happen that they shoved under the carpet just to make it look all squeaky clean
0: oh yeah i bet mine did as well like my primary school was really fucking weird anyway i mean it was like it was like a religious primary school so what a fucking shocker
1: you went to it so obviously
0: i mean it was a religious primary school and look how turned out
1: what when you say religious do you how
0: it was a c of e primary school
1: What's that mean? Like, when you mean religious, was it?
0: I think it was just like a Christian primary school, I'm fairly certain. So it was like, Saint no. po- it was like a St. Paul's kind of thing. But yeah. So
1: there's stuff you couldn't do, right? Because that would go against the schools.
0: I think it was just standard shit, but like, you had to go to church at the end of every term.
1: Ah, I mean, my school, we went to church to sing hymns and stuff. And maybe me being me, being an atheist. The... Yeah.
0: You know, we did the hymns in the hall in the hallway like we We didn't in in the hall we did the hymns in the hall but then we had to go to church like at the end of every term
1: or some shit oh but you didn't have to like you wouldn't get in trouble for like saying certain things or like
0: you probably would do like they didn't really like they weren't too bad with it i mean i had a couple teachers come up to me and be like oh you're left-handed so you're going to hell like i had that a couple times that was was always fun I was the only left-hander in the class. So they were just like, you're going to hell. Oh, if you were born, like, over a 100 years ago, you'd be burned as a witch. Oh, you're going to die be- like you're gonna die younger because you're left-handed. You're the devil's child. I had all of that shit from teachers.
1: Oh, well, I mean, if it was me, I'm not left-handed, I'm right-handed. Um, but if, if I wasn't left-handed say that to me, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to hell. Well, that's what I plan on going anyway. See ya.
0: I do remember being, like, seven or eight years old. When a teacher said to me, Oh, uh, you're the devil's child because you're left-handed. And I just looked to her at about seven or eight years old and said, that's about right. <laughs> I, I <laughs> Mostly because my mum had already called me the devil's child when I'd basically been misbehaving or something. I think she jokingly just said, you're the devil's child. So I just kind of just went, Oh, yeah, I've been told this before. Yeah, I know. I
1: mean, I'm sorry, but there's nothing wrong with being left-handed. Left-handed people, when I ever saw people who were left-handed as a kid, I thought, damn... Pretty cool that people are different and that you know they can use the left hand, they can use the yellow and green scissors, you know, they get their own special type of stuff. Never once was it drilled in my brain that left handed people were just cursed or anything like that, but it's a yeah. weird way of
0: those scissors that were always broken. And, they like, and the teachers should be like, Can you just go use the other scissors? It's like, No, that's not how it works. No, but yeah, like there was some weird chick on in my school that like definitely got brushed under the rug, like, Oh, right, so. We're all going off topic, but this is really weird. And I I remember saying to my mum a few years, like a year or so ago, going, that was fucking dodgy. And she was like, yeah, that was fucking weird. Now you think about it. I think this teacher's dead now. But, so this teacher, uh, she kind of like got together like this. She was like, oh, it's dance club, all this kind of stuff. So we all went to dance club because we had nothing else to do. So we went to this dance club. She choreographed, like this teacher choreographed, a dance routine to, what's that song called by Flow Rider? Where it's like boots with the fur, fur that one.
1: Oh, apple bottom jeans. Yeah, boots with the fur got the whole club looking at her. She
0: got us to do like a choreographed dance that she came up with oh, to low. That, to that song.
1: Low, I think it is.
0: Yeah, it was to that song, and there's genuinely a bit when it's like when it comes to the bit where it says and the whole club's looking at her she got us we're like all in between all under the age of 10 bear in mind and she got us to in front of the whole school and various other teachers and with her and to her obviously in private and she was like so we had to turn do like a whole like turn around thing what do what is definitely a slut drop go back up and slap our asses. like genuinely that was the routine
1: ooh bit, I mean
0: bit noncy if,
1: when you're a kid I think you don't think about the looks too much and then it just goes like over your head because I didn't have anything like that but we used to in music have to do this clapping thing with our teacher basically clap on the beat and off the beat and we always did this song Play the Funky Music White Boy oh, yeah. by Wild Cherry yeah yeah fine yeah. enough song nothing really wrong with it but now when I think about it just the name of it as like Play that Funky Music White Boy now i think about it more i'm like a little bit iffy on the naming and the whole white boy thing and just as a kid i didn't know it but
0: yeah that's
1: that i'd I'd be concerned if i was a parent
0: yeah like you're like you're like eight i think must have been like seven or six or seven years old and i was doing this really weird dance to that song with a teacher and she was the only one like it was a bunch of us but it was like all the students but with just her in a classroom practicing that dance routine during lunchtime.
1: yeah but when it's like academy level that's kind of okay because people can joke about it and go oh, that's funny but primary school's a bit of a no
0: yeah so he was doing shit like this but everyone knew about it that's the whole difference with this shit everyone knew uh one of his duties at school was ensuring his now this right so some of this school was a boarding school some of it wasn't some of it was and one of his job roles at the school was ensuring his students who were at the boarding school were in their dorms at night he should not be allowed that job (laughs)
1: no if they knew what he was doing and giving him that role they're just adding fuel to the fire
0: yeah yeah so like on several occasions he is known to have entered the girls dorms in hoping to see them getting changed
1: mm.
0: it's like ah uh, why are you giving him this job why are you giving it's like this ah uh, it's just no so now you she... could just
1: stop that coming
0: yeah like you just knew that that was going. you just know that was gonna happen naturally there was a lot of complaints against him by pupils mm-hmm. like obviously the director of the school brought him in for a formal meeting and informed him he should either resign voluntarily or be fired and he naturally what any other person would do is resign he just left and found yep. it. but he also but then he found another job as a teacher another school at another school in january 1974.
1: Is that in the same area because i thought schools would have known about other schools and teachers that sort of thing
0: no it's not the same area it's about oh. 47 miles north of rostov hmm. so yeah hmm. but he lost his job eventually but but he only lost his job as a result of staff cutbacks in september 1978 so he was about that he was there for about four years
1: hmm
0: His career as a teacher ended in March 1981 following several complaints of child molestation against pupils of all sexes. What a shocker. After that, Um. he started a job as a supply clerk for a factory in Rostov which produced construction materials. So he he went on a bit of a career change after being a pedo. I mean, yeah. So we're gonna... Sorry, what was that?
1: I was just going to say, his teaching license probably would have gotten revoked, so we've had to have changed career paths.
0: Yeah. Hopefully. You'd hope, but clearly they didn't care. No. They were probably all... Like, all those teachers were probably all pedos as well. Probably. But by what it sounds like. You don't
1: want to think of it as, like, a collective group, but if other teachers know about things and let it happen... Yeah.
0: there's
1: Some idea... Probably others were doing it, and they just carpet underneath.
0: So I say we've got. I say we're going to the first, the first two murders after this, and then we'll leave the rest for part two. Part two is going to be a big one for anyone, from what I'm looking at. But we'll go into the first two murders now, so then you guys can. Uh, be Like, what's gonna happen next? Kind of thing, if you don't want to Google it yourself.
1: Well, he's gonna murder more people, that's what's gonna happen next. He's,
0: got, he's gonna murder more people, but he just his methods are weird, his beliefs are weird, which we'll get into. So, we're going. So, his first murder happened in September 1978 and sorry sorry. in september 1978 he moved to shakti where he committed his first documented murder this happened on the evening of the 22nd of december 1978 now his first victim warning big trigger warning if you are sensitive to child murders this is a child murder because this is 19 sorry this is nine-year-old yelena sakatova sakatova Zak Otto, Zack Zak, yeah, Zach Otto, Zach yeah. To an old house which he had secretly purchased at the time. So remember, he's married, he's got kids, so he's bought a separate house so he can do all whatever he wants. He attempted to rape her, but he could didn't get hard. So, but
1: that's good. That's a good thing, he has that problem.
0: I mean, yeah, but then she started struggling. Oh. So he choked her and stabbed her three times in the abdomen and then finished while he was stabbing her. Oh. Uh, I'm trying to think, like, what could he... Like, he needs to find something else that could help him with this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's bad. Yeah. I guess it's just a naturally happening thing that he's going to commit murders and that's going to happen because of, you know, naturally people will try and struggle if they're in danger.
0: Well, yeah. So... In an interview after his 1990 arrest, Chikatilo later recalled that immediately after stabbing her, the girl had said something very hoarsely. So he thought that she was still, so. He was like, "Oh, he thinks I think she's still alive." So he strangled her until she was unconscious. But then she, then he threw her body into the nearby river to basically make sure. And her body was found two days later. Numerous pieces of evidence linked Chikatilo to her murder, such as spots of blood that were found in the snow near the house Chikatilo had purchased. Neighbours had noted that Chikatilo had been present in the house on the evening of the 22nd of December. Her school backpack had been found on the opposite bank of the river at the end of the street, indicating that the girl had been thrown into the river at this location and a witness had given police a detailed description of a man closely resembling Chikatilo, who she saw talking with the girl at the bus stop where she had last been seen alive. But despite all of this, a 25-year-old labourer named Alexander Kravchenko who had previously served a prison sentence for the rape and murder of a teenage girl, was arrested for this crime. Despite all the evidence literally linking towards Andre Cicatillo, this other guy got arrested. And a search of his home revealed spots of blood on his wife's jumper. The blood type was determined to match the girls and also his wife. But obviously that's not the case because he didn't do it. He had a... Barry, he had a watertight alibi for the afternoon of the 22nd of December 1978. He said he had been at home with his wife and a friend of hers the entire afternoon and neighbours of, of the couple were able to say no, he was definitely there. But regardless of this, the police having threatened his wife. So, this is a big thing as well at this time. Whenever someone got taken in to police questioning, they were basically threatened and most likely attacked into confessing to shit that they hadn't actually done
1: a what
0: yeah this happens a lot in this case as well like or a lot just,
1: how's justice supposed to be served then if they're threatening folk?
0: like no right. idea no I think they just want like to say oh we've solved this crime so we're just gonna say this per- threaten this person into saying this yeah. happened so like they threatened his wife into like they threatened his wife with being an accomplice to murder and her friend for perjury. So they were like, "Oh, we'll do this if like you don't change your statement. Like, well, you're getting shit for something you've not done at all.
1: If you do not to change horrible. your statement, how, yeah. How can how can you trust the police force if they're willingly wrongly convicting people of stuff they didn't do just so that stuff can get closed, case done?
0: That exactly."
1: That's ridiculous. Still happens now. People get wrongly convicted, but I wouldn't like to think nowadays people get peer pressured by the actual police force.
0: Yeah, like, at this point, they're like, oh, wait, you've already said your statement so many times, but we don't want you to say that, so we're going to threaten you and most likely beat the shit out of you until you say something different.
1: Yeah, I mean, where is Vera? Where is Jonathan Creek? Where is people like that? The top-tier detectives that just know what they're doing. You know where's midsummer murders where's the type of detectives of that stuff
0: yeah so they changed their statement because of this obviously because they were terrified and they claimed that he had not returned home until late in the evening on the day of the murder now because of these altered testimonies he confessed to the killing because he was confronted with it and was also in questioning he was tried for the murder in 1979 at his trial he retracted his confession and maintained his innocence stating his confession had been obtained under extreme duress obviously yes that's true despite this though he was convicted of the murder and was sentenced to death the sentence was commuted to 15 years imprisonment the maximum possible length of imprisonment at the time by the supreme court in December 1980 under pressure from the victim's relatives, he was uh, erroneously convicted and eventually executed by firing squad for her murder in July 1983. So he's dead because they threatened... The police threatened them into a false confession.
1: So, people ha- w- what? What? Yeah. People have died because they were... Th- falsely convicted yeah and probably no matter how hard they tried the police were just like yeah these are the ones yeah how can you live with that knowing that you got it wrong and that you've killed someone that didn't deserve to
0: yeah
1: oof that's 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 the worst of the worst i've heard
0: yeah (laughs) it yeah So, after her murder, Chikatilo was able to achieve sexual arousal and orgasm only through stabbing and slashing women and children to death. That's the only way he could get hard or do anything. And he later claimed that the urge to relieve the experience had overwhelmed him. Um. Yeah, he did say... He said that, uh initially he had struggled to resist these urges often cutting short business trips to return home rather than face the temptation to search to search for a victim Ah, oh, that makes up for the 50 odd women and kids that you've murdered you tried once to not do it fuck you it's
1: just bad it's just bad that He's he knows so- the only way he can do it and he has to do this horrible thing for it to happen it's just
0: oh it's the fact that he's self-aware
1: and he can't fix that problem because there's, there's things you've probably done or like you know that off oh, i want this a bad thing will have to happen but you can stop yourself being like no it's fine you know i won't take that consequence you know
0: yeah exactly so the next victim is Larissa. Uh, I'm sorry, this is another last name that I'm. I'm going to struggle with this quite a fair bit because I can. I can do the first names, but it's like the last names i really struggle with. So is this is Larissa Kashenko? Kashenko. Kashenko. Larissa Kashenko. On the, 3rd, on the 3rd of September 1981, Chicotillo encountered this uh, Larissa who was 17. She was boarding... She was a boarding school student. Oh, God, of course she is. It's a poor fucking girl. She was standing at a bus stop. Also, this is another weird key thing that happens in serial killer cases that a lot of people don't think about. A lot of the time, they find their victims at bus stops. It's really common. It's really weirdly common. I
1: mean... It's one place where you'll be alone yeah waiting for the bus if you're gonna be standing there in that time period waiting you won't be going around
0: yeah so he saw her when he was leaving a public library at in rostov city center according to his confession cicatillo lured Larisa to a forest near the Don river with the pretext of drinking vodka and relaxing when they reached a secluded area he threw the girl to the ground before tearing off her clothes and attempted to, to attempted to rape her as she 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 didn't obviously it was raped, she didn't want to have sex with him when chikatilo failed to achieve an erection he forced mud inside of her mouth to stifle her screams before battering and strangling her to death as he had no knife he knife he mutilated her body with his teeth and a stick he also tore one nipple from her body with his teeth before loosely covering her body with leaves branches and torn pages of newspaper and her body was found the following day
1: oh not with the teeth man
0: this is another thing that he does tend to do yeah he he does that shit a lot
1: of things people do with their teeth like i don't know to rip something or like break something off i never like doing that i never do that because i just find like, opening some of my teeth is just like i know it's just your hands they're there for a reason not saying that you should hurt people or rip people's things off with your own hands but just with stuff with the teeth like that. Oof.
0: yeah so, like next week on the next week's episode i'm going we're going to go into the rest of the murders obviously and if you have any issues with the whole, anything to do with eye sockets, it might not be the one for you.
1: Oh, I mean I've seen some bad, things, but eyes are one of that body parts where anything, even if it's the slightest thing of like say, you know someone poked their eye or someone gets their eye poked' it's, it's one of those body parts that even someone small like that gets you like, ugh. you know what I mean? Yeah compared to like if someone banged their knee oh you know you banged your knee you banged your toe a lot but i i feel is one of the parts where anything that remotely harming happens to it you always get inside this ew jiggery feeling
0: yeah so like i'm not gonna tell you what he he exactly did but it's very much self-explanatory but because because there's a there's a myth that uh, hopefully people don't still believe but there was a myth basically that said if you kill someone uh their eyes will have a printing of the killer's face on them which will make it easy for people to discover who the murderer was so when people around this time or before that even for centuries killed someone it was very common for them to remove the eyeballs to prevent that from happening and he believed that how well
1: i didn't understand how can someone Think that you can get the image of what someone else sees from their eyes.
0: I don't know. It was just a weird, common uh, myth that people used to believe. I
1: don't know y- how you believe that.
0: Yeah, I don't know either. Chikatilo believed that pretty strongly.
1: Like, but should it... the people have a concept of how humans work? Yeah. Wow
0: he's he, well, he's not he, he, he is smart but he's not smart in some things clearly so that is like the first that is his early life that is his first few that is his first starting being a criminal and everything that's his first couple of murders next week we'll be going into the next his third victim we'll be going into the rest of his criminal spree was whole serial killer spree. And then we're going to go into like the investigation, his arrest, his confession, all this kind of stuff, and then what happened afterwards. So it's all that kind of stuff that you have. to so look forward to next week, and it's going to get still very graphic and detailed, because he go eat... Like You think the ripping off the nipples bad, he gets worse.
1: I mean, we've kind of got the gist of how he tends to kill folk, and some backstory behind it so yeah i assume it would get worse from when you were describing stuff i'm like well it can only get way worse than this so
0: yeah pretty much but yeah that is this week's that is part one of andre cicatillo I've, I've never had to do more than one part before but i felt like with this guy it's needed but so we'd be sat here recording this till way after midnight and i do not have the time for that uh so yeah uh enjoy this i hope you enjoy this episode it's uh something already already it's quite
1: much yeah already we're on this slalom of a roller coaster just like we're we've hit the tip and we're going downhill and it's all fast and it's gonna get yeah. way more screamy like ah because oh um, yeah it's, it's gonna um, Looking forward to doing the next episode but really not looking forward to hearing what this stuff he's done because already the number of convicted uh, kills and what he said he did is enough for me to already be like ew, and feel weird inside
0: yeah yeah exactly oh god and after this I'm gonna be researching some more serial killer shit because you know twitch things Indeed. Guys literally what I'm doing after this.
1: I'm literally just going to be typing up a bunch of shit. I think I'm going to look at an image of this. Like, with the last guy that we did in the first episode I was in, I didn't actually Google an image of him because something in me just didn't want to see what he looked like. He looks
0: really we... creepy, but so does this guy.
1: I I, I think I'll have a look. I, I always feel weird when I Google these guys and in you know, my history because if I ever end up stumbling across it in the future, I'm like, oh, what's this? And then I get reminded of the horribleness of this person. But... I'm gonna have a look at this image because I think it paints a better picture in your head. Because like from not looking at the Golden State Killer, I feel as though that it's totally different. That if I look at him now, the story will be like expanded more. And I know that seems silly, but Mm. like when you visualize someone, it adds a lot more.
0: Yeah. Oh no! I want to hear your
1: reaction to how he looks. What do you want me? I'll, you know what? I'll quickly Google it right now. Before, yeah, yeah. Before, before we had. So how up. spell his name? How do you spell his name?
0: Um. So it's on So it's Andre, which is Andrei.
1: Okay, it's e i. Okay. Yeah. I was spelling Andre normally, but what's his last name?
0: Chikatilo. So it's C H I K A T. Okay, I've got so it. It's
1: got it. Oh, he's a balding man. It's a
0: balding man.
1: Why is there images of him smiling like he's laughing
0: because that's t- what he used to do
1: man he's like balding in this he, he does look like an average bald man at one point he's got a fair amount of hair but he's very he's got this weird stare
0: uh yeah
1: and he's got that look where like his eyes go in a bit you know like with some people like there it feels like he's got these like like eye bags but some of the photos it feels like the corner of his eyes really go in so his eyes are a bit more back and that's quite he's got a tash as well yeah you showed me a photo i don't think i would have said straight away that he's a serial killer but that the, the smiling thing it's creepy and very off-putting and the shirt the wearing of the shirt yeah. Yeah, now I look at more images. I look at them the more I look.
0: He looks like a stereotypical serial killer, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, he has that look on him like he's done something. Yeah. And the smiling just makes it seem as though that he's like proud of what he's done.
0: Oh, and yeah, yeah, 100%. Man.
1: Yeah, that one mugshot where he's like looking at the camera that's appearing a lot. That's very like. eerie staring at my soul as if he's like you're next
0: well i can i can, i can give you some kind of happiness like as a little spoiler but he is dead so
1: ah because because th- thing with googling these images some of these look recent ish compared to the black and white ones yeah Because he's, he's got hair in some of these so these must have been taken at the time Ooh.
0: Oh yeah he's dead so he got that kind of thing spoiler alert everyone he is he is dead but um
1: he wore glasses a bit as well mm. he's got he's got those big nerd looking glasses oh damn well now I know what it looks like so I've got this painted picture in my head of him young and him old To what the people would have seen when they saw this man come towards them and
0: yeah horrible horrible but yeah that was uh, this week's true crime friday hope you guys enjoyed it have a have a just you can can google his face if you want uh, and don't do it if you're not if you're scared easy Mm -hmm. but yeah that is uh, the early life the First Few Crimes of Andrew Chikatilo. Uh, thank you, Matt, for being here.
1: No problem. It's always a pleasure to be here and learn about the um, very corrupt lives that some people live that make the world a way worse place. But
0: Yeah. And I'm going to finish watching Wraths 2 I'm going to have some joy-ish.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, by the time we record the next episode, that in relation to this guy being from Ukraine, the uh, stuff going on right now has calmed down a bit and we don't have any more issues. So.
0: Yeah, let's, let's hope. But, yeah, thank you everyone for listening and we will see you next time for part two of Antrisha Cotillo. Bye-bye. Bye.